Welcome to Digital Marketing Musings. I'm Andrea McCartney. And I'm Gaia Reed. Every episode, we chat with industry experts bring the latest tips, tricks, and trends in digital marketing. This is Digital Marketing Musings, sponsored by Merkle. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to Digital Marketing Musings Season 3. Today, we're joined by Matt Vaughn to talk about direct mail and its integration into the digital sphere. Matt is the Senior Vice President of Print Production and Global Studio here at Merkle. Matt, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to talk to everybody about uh, what we're doing in the digital space with direct mail, you know, with your mailbox. So. <laughs> yeah, we we have not spent a lot of airtime, at least on this show, uh, <laughs> in you know, in the past about talking about offline channels like direct mail or, or DM, as we might refer to mm -hmm. it in much depth because we've been really focused on the digital marketing ecosystem, thus the name. But yeah, it does come up when we're talking about, you know, interactions between online and offline behavior. I guess to start, we really wanted for our listeners who have never really worked in or thought about direct mail before, can you kind of introduce the channel for us? Sure, absolutely. So direct mail, we can refer to it as what a lot of people call quote unquote junk mail. Honestly, that's how people know it. Right. So direct mail is really that mail piece that you get delivered from um, any company who's looking to sell you services, have you buy something that goes into your mailbox and they're trying to achieve some sort of activation. They want you to call them. They want you to fill out an application, send it back in, or they want you to go online. And it's been around. I mean, it's been around since Ben Franklin. Like he was actually the first direct mail mailer. He got a, a catalog. That's a fun um, fact. I didn't know. So it was, yeah, 17, it was like 1774, he had a almanac, and you could also buy seeds for farming. Okay. Through. And he was the first okay. one. So, yeah, it's it's been around for a really long time. And I would say for, you know, the past 20 years, we've been hearing that uh, direct mail is dying, but it's not. It, it's just evolving. And, you know, it's really neat how we can uh, integrate the uh the online channel with with direct mail today that like we never could before so are there you know specific benefits of using direct mail compared to other channels or drawbacks to, to using it as well yeah so you know the typical drawback you'll hear specifically for people who are focused mainly in the digital space is cost right but it, it is an investment mm -hmm. and um but the upside outweighs that initial investment, right? So when I talk to people in the, in the industry, it's, we want to have a conversation about what are you trying to achieve and direct mail can create that tactile experience, right? You're touching something, you're holding it. It gets left on your kitchen counter or your kitchen island or on your desk, right? So it's got, it's got staying power that digital channels, you know, don't have, right? right? But it also creates sort of that ongoing relationship between a prospect or customer and the brand. So we think about it in terms of, you know, maybe, maybe you're selling, uh, well, you'll see the magazine ads, right? So your, you know, magazine ads will have the perfume insert and they'll send it. We can do the same thing in direct mail. We can include fabric samples in direct mail pieces. We can activate people through a QR code to help expedite requesting a quote, things of that nature. So there's a there's a great way to leverage direct mail against the online channel. And overall, you'll see that direct mail, even though more expensive, will deliver 
higher results. Um, yeah. And it usually outperforms. Yeah, I'm, I've got something that's like five to nine times higher, the response rates, than the digital channel. And if we think about digital and the evolution of digital, right, we're inundated by it, right? Yeah, everybody, and it's, it's on my phone constantly. My phone's listening to me. It'll probably send me some ads after this session, which is great. <laughs> um, but it becomes overload. And uh -huh. that's what we're seeing in the direct mail space. We're, we're seeing that all the generations below baby boomers, they favor direct mail. They have a positive right. sort of outlook on direct mail. And it's uh, one of the research studies said it's like 70 to 80% they're in favor of direct mail over a digital experience. Interesting. Uh, which is mind boggling because you would not exactly, you wouldn't think that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just the nature of so many digital messaging. And, and then that's... you get something in your mailbox and, you know, it's like, well, okay, this is something different. Right. 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 Um, it's a different way to engage. When I think of, you know, my email, I have entire email accounts that I use to like sign up for all the loyalty programs and not have those, those marketing messages come through my main mailbox. Right. Um, and I basically never look at it. it. It's gotten to a point where like, there's so many you're subscribed to every site you've ever gone to online <laughs> and you don't have like the time or energy to go through that every day. But every day I go through what's in my mailbox, <laughs> yeah. my physical mailbox. Yeah. Same thing here. And, and it's funny, you know, we'll, uh, we'll sign the kids up for things or, you know, whatever it is. And I'll constantly ask my wife, like, which email address are we using? Because, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know anymore. I, I, you know, is this considered important information? Which one do you want to go to? I, so, yeah, there is, there is that. And, um, you know, again, it is an investment, but we're starting to see everything kind of shift back into direct mail's favor in terms of response rates and willingness to open and engage with a piece in the mailbox. Super interesting. For people who are so used to working in a, a, a mainly digital sphere, being able to create ads, get them up same day, that something about DM that would be very striking to them is like the the creative and copywriting design process and how lengthy it can be and like much longer lead times with having to go through a ton of production steps, given that it's an actual tangible thing versus just a, a digital ad. Yes. So that is, you know, obviously something you need to plan for in a direct mail uh, space, but there are really two schools uh, in direct mail and, it, and we're actually seeing clients use both, you know, kind of frameworks. One is your traditional acquisition. So I just want to go out and get my name in someone's mailbox and hope they respond. Yeah. Kind of, kind of communication. Super long lead times. You know, you're probably releasing or creating artwork, getting copied, place, all that, like four weeks, five weeks before it's actually even going to be delivered to the post office to then get into your house. Right. So you're talking by the time that's all done, you know, eight weeks, let's just call it. Right. Right. Seven, eight weeks. But the other side of the house is now using the digital printing equipment that's on the floors at most manufacturers. They're doing a lot of upfront work to set up a program and we're loading digital assets. We're loading modular copy blocks. We're loading, you know, all the different offers into the system. 
And then what we're able to do is take a mail file and that day fire the press off, print it, get it out into the mail stream within 24 to 48 hours. And then if we couple that, if it's important enough, we couple that with first class mail, we're now okay. getting a piece delivered in home about four to six days after the Got mail it. file was created. So we, we can expedite it. It takes that upfront work, but um, we, we've got a client right now who's using it for, uh, they are a, um, a retailer and what they're, they're using it for is people on their website. And as they're clicking around the website, we're using some tagging on the website, things of that nature, and we're generating a daily file for them. So a daily mail file comes over, we produce the piece and we mail it out. Uh, and they're seeing significant results and just kind of reactivating those people that were online within a within a five-day window, getting them this postcard. And, you know, they're getting Good. those individuals that kind of come back to the website and complete their transaction. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So you've kind of laid the groundwork pretty perfectly for my for my question here. As direct mail is going through this evolution, you've mentioned things like QR codes. The example you just mentioned where it's a website interaction that then triggers the direct mail send. What are these other digital components that are being added to, to direct mail as it evolves? Yeah, so so the primary one I would say right now, and, and you know, of all the, you know, think of all the bad things that occurred during the pandemic. Uh, the one thing it did help in our industry was the utilization of QR codes. One hundred percent. QR codes were used widely outside of America for some reason. We just didn't like QR codes for right. years. I don't know why. Because I think I think the first one was created in like '94 is when they were developed. But since everybody got used to using QR codes to go to your favorite restaurants and things of that nature, we've seen an uptick, right? So QR codes are very popular right now. That connected conversation, right, um, from your online experience to receiving a direct mail piece. We have the ability to create automatic feeds. So at, we'll go back to the retail example, yeah. right? A different retailer. Um, is actually uploading and they store all their product images uh, in a Google repository, basically. We're able to program and say, you know, Matt Bond looked at this chair. Oh, and by the way, people who looked at that chair maybe bought these lamps, bought this rug, bought this thing. So we can now create a direct mail piece that acts very much like, a, like an online sort of engagement, um, just reinforcing, hey, Matt, go back and buy that chair. I don't know why you're there. Look for these other things, right? And and I'll say it's not just the direct mail industry that's kind of pushing this. It's actually the USPS, the first office, is actually helping push this. And the reason that I say that is they are providing special promotions for direct mailers that use a technology or innovation sort of device. Mm. And QR code will count as that. And they'll give them discounts. Okay. Um, and this year's discounts are like 5% off the postage amount. And that's not think about it, postage. That, that adds up. That, yeah. Yeah. So for people who don't know, you know, if if your piece is, let's just say, 45 cents, right, for me to create a piece, print it, and mail it to you, at least 30 of that is postage. Right. So you can see if we can save anything on that part, it's just substantial savings for the client, right? Yeah. So USPS is helping. They 
they understand that their livelihood is also connected between online and offline. Right. So they're actually helping the direct mail industry with those incentives. Especially in a world where, I mean, I know like a lot of like paper and envelope costs and postage costs have just been skyrocketing in the last year or so. Those incentives are very helpful, I'm sure, to the clients who are concerned with all those increases. Oh, definitely. And and just so everybody knows too, the USPS, they are they have moved to a, a twice a year price increase model. Hmm. So it used to be they would only increase their prices in January. Um, in order to get the USPS to be self-sufficient and to turn a profit, because they are a business and they're supposed to turn a profit, they are now going to have rate increases January and July. So anything that we can do to offset that for for clients um, is key. And again, the USPS sees it, and that's why they're doing these promotions. Paper, manufacturing, you know, those, those did increase over the past year. Um, a lot of it was supply chain issues, but we're seeing that come down. We're seeing that stabilize. The forecast is we're going to see a reduction in those costs. Probably towards the end of 23 into 24, we'll start seeing those prices kind of normalize again. Post office is really, you know, that's the biggest increase that we'll continue to see for for years to come, unfortunately. For the, you know, listeners out there who are listening to that retail example, uh, yeah. someone lands on the website and we're sending them out a mailer, you know, same day or a few days later, the process that they probably use to do that, like I'm imagining the tag on site kind of resolves in, you know, identity then we match it to the physical address. We load those files of you know people who landed on the site that day, and then that goes through the process that you just mentioned. Like, is that that the process that they would have to line up? Yeah, so that that's the exact process, and then there's two flavors of it, right? So there's the known user. So if I've gone in and I've filled my name and address in and then created the, you know, my shopping cart, then I right. abandon it. That's easy because you know, the website's already captured name and address. So kind of cut a lot of the work out, but we can also then do map bonds on the website and I've given you no information. Uh, we have the ability to then say, uh, okay, we, we got this read. We know we figured out it's map on. We reverse it and to get the name and address from it, and and we're able uh, to do that at you know I, I think it's like mid fifties to low sixty percent conversion. So that's still good for you know anonymous site traffic to be able to identify a, a user and get them a mail piece. So well, I know very strong. We've had a lot of episodes. Yeah, we've had a lot of episodes on cookie deprecation, impending cookie deprecation, and the importance of having, you know, some sort of identity resolution partner set up yep. to identify unknown traffic on site. So this definitely kind of gives another plug to, hey, there's another use through another mm-hmm. channel that you can use this information as well, which is really Yeah, cool. abs- absolutely. And, and again, it doesn't have to be retail. I mean, that was the example I, right. I provided you. Uh, we're using an ID resolution product for home and auto insurers, uh, retail banks, you know, regional banks. So, it, and, you know, we're also talking to some of the um, healthcare and nonprofit clients and verticals and ways that they can leverage that as well too. So, I, you know, 
easy, an easy uh, solution is retail. I mean, everybody kind of goes there, but it can really be used across all the verticals, right? And it's just right. really about thinking about, you know, connecting with those, those people who are engaging with your brand, but let's, let's get in the mailbox. So. Yeah. I mean, I can easily imagine I'm searching for a local new dentist, trying to get an appointment and abandon the site. And I get a postcard, you know, a few days later um, from them, uh, yep. encouraging me to like set an appointment and it's got a QR code or whatever, a telephone number and everything on there that I would need yep. to, to make that appointment. Yeah. I, I will say in that process, creative is also a big factor and a big key, right? Because you can go too far and then it becomes sort of a creepy experience. Right? <laughs> uh, so you want you you want to balance. You want to balance like, hey, I kind of know you're on the website, but I'm really not letting you know you're on the website. Yeah. Uh, but give you a message that's relevant, right? Right. So right. then you've it almost feels organic. Um, well, as opposed to Big Brother, right? And yeah. Then, you know, and sometimes we talk to people who want to push it too far. We, we've got to say, okay, well, let's, you know, let's baby step into it, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's, let's start testing some things out. Turn some things on and see how your results read, and then we can turn them back off again. If need be. I mean, especially in a world where we're all used to, you know, saying something in a conversation with our friends and two seconds later we see an ad for it on our phone and we're we're convinced that our phones are listening to us even though i know everyone says they aren't i i imagine we'll get more and more lenient over time around the creepiness factor um, okay. but definitely needs definitely needs testing i i want to know who told you your phones aren't listening to because <laughs> i have i was talking with uh, a client who is a yeah, they're a pretty big social media player, and he admitted that their their software listens. <laughs> I'm I'm entirely convinced. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's like, there's a reason we serve up ads the way we do. Just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of teams, you know, both on the client side and on the agency side, who you know manage direct mail programs, they. You know, what we've heard is they have a kind of a static mindset around these channels because they've been around for such a long time. You know, they've got and and they might operate in a very siloed approach internally too um, on the client side. So they might have like their direct mail audiences and then they have their very separate online audiences. You know, with these incorporation of online pieces and into direct mail how much are we seeing these audiences merge or overlap or, you know, how successful have the incorporation of those elements been in terms of bringing those together? Sure. So there, there's a lot there to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say most uh, companies are still working in a very siloed approach, right? So they've got direct mail over here and they've got digital over here. Sometimes, you know, oftentimes there are different teams working on it mm -hmm. that don't talk. Maybe there's creative that's kind of shared. So the look and feel is kind of the same, but that that's really it. We've got, you know, there's other people that it's, you know, maybe their primary focus is digital and they do direct mail off the side of their desk or vice versa, 
right? And again, there's not really that connected tissue. It, it's really going to be a journey, right? For just about everybody to navigate this approach where it's a single view and a single conversation we're having with our customers, right? We need to get out of a direct mail lives over here and digital lives over here. We really got to take a look at what is the brand interaction with the customer? Where are all those touch points, both online and offline? And how do we tell one cohesive story that brings people through the entire purchase funnel, but also then the lifetime, right? The long tail, right? We want to continue that conversation. Using digital printing is a great way of doing that. We're, we're working with uh, some clients and, and we're starting to see some movement in the industry for what I like to call always on direct mail programs. So that's what we were talking before about you do a lot of work up front, you get all the assets created and all that great stuff. And then as people hit different milestones, yeah. they can trigger, you know, an online experience, but then we can supplement it with a, with an offline sort of touch, touch point as well. And we don't need to think about direct mail as top of funnel. I just want to get names. I just want to get, you know, core responses. We don't have to think about them as bottom of funnel of just trying to get that final transaction, but we can look at it as direct mail as part of the touch points right. for the overall value of that customer, the full lifetime of that. And that's, that's where the industry needs to go because that's what customers are actually demanding. And I had a, a, another stat that it's, and this is just an overall kind of statistic, it's Somewhere around like 60, 65% of customers want that brand interaction. They want the brand yeah. to know that they want, they want meaningful conversation both way, ways. And, and then when you ask them how many are doing it successful, their number is like 14%. Yeah. So there's a huge variance there. Uh, and there's an opportunity to use online and offline to kind of bridge that gap and to talk to customers in a meaningful way. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, just talking about how much you've seen clients be very siloed. I mean, I get, this feels like we're going back to like the Merkle ethos of like the next <laughs> evolution of us just becoming like a broader customer experience journey work Does company. It? So we're not just talking about DM. We're just not talking about online, but it's just, okay, How what is the customer experience like from beginning to end? and back around again. Um, but it seems like, yeah, we're having that same conversation in, in every channel we're even talking about. Yeah. I actually, before, uh, we talked today, I was in a three hour meeting with one of our clients and it literally was around, you know, how do we look at people holistically and, and kind of break down the silos? And again, this is a company that has historically been extremely siloed, but yeah. Um, they have new leadership in place. They want to kind of revolutionize the way they're going to market and, you know, really taking a look at that holistic approach of online, offline, or what are all the touch points, what's best for the customer, what's best for each segment of customers, right? Yeah. Uh, you'd be surprised. Baby boomers, they don't want direct mail. I would think that they would, but apparently they're low. <laughs> they're low on liking direct mail. So you're going to have a different solution for each segment. Then, as uh, as direct mail is continuing to evolve, 
where do you see it heading the next five to 10 years? And, and what do you see it? Where is it going? What do you see happening? Like, what predictions do you have? In the in the future, I think direct mail is still going to be a very viable solution for clients. Um, and I think what we're going to see is more segmentation, more sort of one-to-one communication through the direct mail space, right? Okay. So if I take a look at the industry as a whole, uh-huh. um, it's the last number I saw was something about there was a six or seven to one sort of ratio. And that ratio re- refers to the type of equipment that vendors are, are putting on their floor. So for every one traditional old school direct mail kind of press, okay. they're buying six or seven digital presses, no. which means highly customized messaging, more one-to-one communication. Okay. I think we're going to see shorter volumes, like smaller volumes, shorter runs, Okay. but it's going to be very targeted. Okay. Um, and I think that's actually going to be great for brands because it's going to be less clutter in the mailbox. Right. So, so more um, it used to be way back when, yeah, way back when it used to be, how do you fight the clutter in a mailbox? And you probably remember mailboxes were like just <laughs> stuffed. But ma- like, I, now I go to my mailbox and it's like, maybe there's six pieces of mail in there on a good day. Right. Yeah. So, so as a direct ma- mailer, I have less to fight with in the mailbox. Very my true. piece can stand out more. And I think that's going to continue for the for the foreseeable future. Yes, the post office is going to continue to raise rates. There's not much we can do about that. But as long as we're talking to our customers in a more meaningful way, um, and we can pull those levers to get them to engage with the brands, mm-hmm. uh, I think we're still going to see a high ROI on direct mail, and that's going to make it a viable solution uh, for the long term. Well said. Well said. Matt, thank you so, so much for joining us today and sharing your expertise on direct mail. I know I've learned a lot and uh, definitely had a couple of moments where I was like, ooh, that's a really, really good idea. Um, So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Digital Marketing Musings. If you would like to connect with us, DM us on Twitter or Instagram using the handle at Merkel. As always, we are so grateful for our listeners. Don't forget to subscribe rate, review us, and tell a friend about the show. This episode was produced by Merkel with sound and video editing by Craig Sigursky. Our team includes copywriting by Annika Schliesman, graphic design by Garrett Rubel, website support by Bella Paul and Emily Chu, and social media and promotion by Gina Astrop, Andrea Ratner, and Lily Williams. Until next time, I'm Andrew McCartney. And I'm Gaia Reed. Bye.